Luke chapter 8, verse number 4. And when much people were gathered together and were come to him out of every city, he spake by a parable. He said this, that a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. Do you have that mental picture? He's sowing the good seed, and it's being tread down, and the birds of the air come and steal the seed. He said there was some that fell upon a rock or stony ground. And just as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. He said some fell among thorns. And the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. And other fell on good ground. And it sprang up. And bear fruit a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And his disciples said, Why did you have to say this in a parable? Why must this parable be? He said, Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables. This is so sad. That seeing, they might not see. And hearing, they might not understand. He said, I'm speaking to people. They're going to see what I'm saying. But they're not going to understand it. And they're going to hear what I'm saying, but they're not going to receive it. But I want to make something very clear to you this morning. That the sower was not to stop sowing the seed because of the soil that didn't receive it. The parable is not just about the sower. It's about soil. That's what's changing. The soil is what's changing. The seed remains. There may be some folks that at one, one time in your walk with God, someone could get up and preach the same sermon. That would make you happy and joyous and glad. But when the soil of your soul changes and you're not ready to receive it. They could preach the same chapter, line, verse, title and everything. And it would, it's not going to settle with you. So I'm going to preach to you today from a simple thought. And it's going to be quick. I'm going to try to get in and get out. But I want you to know this. That the seed is always good. The seed is always good. You may be seated in the mighty name of Jesus. So, I recall the night that I was on my way home. It was very late. I was on my way home from Cleveland, Ohio. And I was in a a rental car, to the best of my recollection, driving back from... uh, a business meeting that I had been in there. And uh, 
Once you cut across from Fort Wayne and, and shoot across the north side, you go around 469 and shoot across. There's like a pretty good season between there and Toledo, or as I used to call it when I was a kid, toodly do. There's a good stretch of road that like there's, there's not much going on. It's just kind of boring. And so I'm just driving along and I'm trying to listen to an audio book or do something. You know, I'm just trying to stay awake. I got to get home. It was Saturday night. Had to preach on Sunday morning, and I'm driving along, and all of a sudden, this audio book, it's like this leadership and selling book and whatever, and he, he starts talking about the scripture. I don't know how many of you have ever heard of Jim Rohn, but it was Jim Rohn, and he, was, he started talking about the scripture, and Jim Rohn said, you know, there's a, there's a parable in the scripture that we call the parable of the sower. I'm like, what? Am I dreaming? Did I fall asleep? Is this salesman seriously going to try to tell a preacher that's bored and tired and driving about the word of God? And he says, whatever. now his was from a salesman side, so understand that. But he used the principle and he said, don't worry about the soil, just keep sowing. Whatever it is that you're trying to do, keep sowing the seed. And the Holy Ghost smote my heart. And the Lord took me immediately to the scripture. And the word of the Lord said that as soon as he started sowing, that some fell by the way. And that it was trodden down. And that one, uh, one of the gospel writers said that it was a raven, a fowl of the air, that began to come down and devour. And the Lord said, and that's what gets you depressed. When you have studied and you have prayed and you have fasted and you have sought me and you sow the seed and you see the enemy come steal the seed, it drives you crazy. But there was a revelation that came to me that night and I'll never forget it. I'll never forget sitting in that dark car by myself and turning that book down and saying, okay, God, you speak to me right now. What is it you're trying to tell me? And I'm here to prophesy and speak to someone today. I'm going to keep it slow for just a minute because I want to get this in your spirit. God did not call you. This is what he said to me. He said, I did not call you to chase ravens. I called you to sow seed. He said, the raven is nothing but a distraction. That's going to make you afraid that if I, what if I sow the seed and the raven gets it? What if I sow the seed and it falls by the wayside? He said, sow the seed. I didn't call you to watch the raven and the fowl of the air. I didn't call you to worry about the soil. I called you to sow the seed. I want to tell you this morning that the seed is always good. You need to be encouraged and know today. You may have shared the seed and it fell by the wayside and the devil came and got it. You are not a foul wrangler. You're a seed sower. You're a seed sower. So the disciples asked Jesus, they said, okay, so why did you have to say this in a parable? And he said, because... Not everybody's ready to receive this. Now, folks, if you're just reading through your, through your annual reading, and I hope you are. Some of you ought, to be, uh, you ought to be just getting ready to wrap up your last 60 days, 56 days, whatever, of reading. And it's a powerful thing when you can get that word in you. But if you're just reading fast and you're just getting through it, 
And you get to this part and it said, Lord, why, why did this parable have to be? And he said, because some having eyes they won't see and some having ears they won't hear. And then he cries and said, let, let him that hath an ear hear what the Spirit is saying. You'll just like fly right by that. But when Jesus, when the scripture emphatically said that in the Greek language, it's very, uh, it's a very strong, emphatic phrase that said, and he cried. He said, let him that hath an ear hear what the spirit is saying. The Lord said, there are some things, oh God, I want to get this to somebody. He said, I want you to understand there are some things that can only be discerned spiritually. There's some things that you're never going to understand in the flesh. If you're always measuring the success of the word of God by how people are acting, what people are doing, you're going to get discouraged. I'm telling you, I know it for certain. I've been feeling it in prayer. There has been such a spirit of discouragement that has come against God's people. We prayed about it Wednesday night and we went after it. But I came with an encouraging word for somebody this morning. Don't you dare let the devil discourage you and keep you from sowing the seed. The soil may need some work, but the seed is always good. Always good. The seed is always good. Somebody shout that. The seed is always good. The seed is always good. There is nothing wrong with the seed. But pastor, I've been praying and I've been fasting and I've been sowing the seed. And I'm not seeing the fruit. It's not because it's bad seed. It's because there's some people that literally, we see it right here, that if Jesus Christ himself preached it, they still wouldn't see it. We have got to quit holding ourselves accountable to the soil that doesn't want to receive the word of God. If somebody wants to be delivered, they're going to be delivered. If somebody is happy to be captive, they're going to stay captive. If they're happy to be broke down, they're going to stay broke down. But the seed is always good. I'm telling you the honest to God's truth today. You can say it till you spray it. I, I know... I'm not, please understand, I'm not saying this for a pity party. My family can tell you, honestly, God, I'm, I'm pretty sold out to this thing. I mean, I literally, literally, in my early 30s, preached my guts out. I did. I had to go have this major hernia repaired because I had preached my guts out. I, I, I recall services standing behind the pulpit and preaching and laying hands on people and praying the prayer of faith and God healing them instantly, miracles happening. And then I'd have to go stand behind the pulpit and grimace in pain and push my guts back through the wall of my stomach so that I could finish preaching. And I preached like that for two years probably. I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, if it just has to do with somebody that wants to give it everything and preach it, man, I've preached it. But it's, a, it, it's, it's one of those things you've got to come to grips with. That the seed's not bad because somebody's carnal. 
This isn't about me this morning. Please don't miss what I'm saying. Somebody needs to be encouraged in here and know. If you're doing your best to sow the seed, then just keep sowing. <laughs> you got to. This is frustrating to people because they think the kingdom of God is a democracy. And it's not. There, there is nothing democratic about the kingdom of God. Period. Nothing. And Jesus makes it very, very clear. He said, not everybody is going to get it. Not everybody is going to understand it. But at no point in the passage does he give the sower permission to put the seed away and get discouraged. I want you to notice the progression. And I don't want to get ahead of myself. But the first seed that he sows, the enemy strips it away. It's not until the last section of seed that he sows that there's good soil. But if you stop sowing, when you get discouraged, there's good soil that will never receive the word. He said, now, those that can discern spiritually, he said, you're going to understand the mysteries. He said, but others' parables... Seeing, they might not see, and hearing, they might not understand. And then, you know, people, people look at it. It's not always that he gives, unlocks the keys immediately, the, the keys that unlock the door. But he said, but if you want to know, this is the parable. Now, this is not deep. I, I was driving down the road thinking about this scripture today. It's not deep at all. This is, he said, you want to know what I was really saying? This is what I was saying. He said, those by the wayside, verse 12, are they that hear. They heard it. They heard, they heard it loud and clear. He said, then cometh the devil, and he takes away the word out of their hearts. Now, I don't even have to preach this. Watch, he want, why does the devil want to see it? Lest they should believe. Well, come on, somebody. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. He said, well, before it gets a chance to find a good place to grow, I'm going to send somebody along. Now, you could, you could preach this a thousand ways, but I can tell you this, this, this is a law of God that we know. Jesus was not saying, I don't believe at all for one second, that Jesus was saying that Lucifer himself comes in and reaches in the heart of a man and takes a seed out. I'm going to tell you why. Because he don't have access to my heart. I don't believe that Jesus was saying that the devil walks in himself and reaches in. If I hide the word in my heart, he can't access that. But I'm going to tell you what he does know how to do. He knows how to send the right people at the right time. That'll tell you everything you've been learning and everything you've been putting in your spirit. It's not necessary. And they are discouragers of the word. They know how to discourage your spirit. They know how to remind you where you've been. They know how to remind you how many failures you have. They, oh, 
Oh God, I feel the preacher walking in here right now. They know how to tell you every failure you've had and you're never going to succeed and it's always going to be the same story. But I want to tell you that the seed is always good. I wish somebody today would reverse the parable. These, by the way, are the ones that they hear it. But the enemy comes along and he steals it. But you know what? You're still in the house of the Lord right now. And there may be a spirit that's been speaking to you this morning that's got you rolling your spiritual eyes and say, Oh God, here we go. Oh God, I don't want to hear this. And the enemy is doing his best to steal that seed. But right now, while we're here in the house, I want to tell you, the seed's not going to change, but your spirit can receive it. All of the things that you've been through may try to make the soil of your soul firm and hard and unbreakable. But I want to tell you that one moment of repentance and one tender heart before God, He can take everything. You hear me this morning. He can take everything that the enemy has tried to rob from you and He can restore that into your spirit. I wish somebody would just... Get upset about it this morning and say, devil, you have taken the last word from me that you're going to take. That's the good seed and I'm going to receive the word. I'm not going to be distracted. I'm not going to be dismayed. I'm not throwing in the towel. I'm not quitting. I'm going to receive the word of the Lord. They hear it, and then the devil comes and rips it. You know how he does it? He does it by distraction. Man, I know I'm preaching right now. He does it by distraction. He'll get you so bent out of shape Thursday through Saturday that you don't even have the strength to lift your hands on Sunday. He'll make you feel like your life has been so bent out of shape over the weekend that you don't even have the strength. I was praying in the prayer room this morning and I started praying, God, don't let me be like Jacob. That I am so exhausted from the cares of life that when I lay my head down on a pillow that you provided and angels are ascending and descending, that I am so worn out from life that I didn't even know you were trying to touch me and I didn't even know you were trying to heal me and I didn't even know you were trying to turn me around he said surely the presence of the Lord was right here and I did not even know it I didn't know it why didn't you know it Jacob because I was distracted I was exhausted I was wore out. Do you know why Jacob laid his head down that night? Do you know why he laid his head down where he did? Because the Bible said the sun was set. Do you know who controls the sunset? You can say whatever you want to say. Well, he just did, he just did it because it was like... He was tired and it was the time to let. No, he did it because the Bible, go read it for yourself. The Bible said the sun set. Genesis 28, I believe it is. The sun was set. So you mean to tell me that he got up that morning 
checked his sundial out in the yard and said, I believe the sun is going to set at 538. So I plan on being stopped by 545. And he planned his day accordingly. When he walked outside, he said, I know how much time I got. No, I'm going to tell you what happened. He got consumed on the journey. And the Lord said, I'm going to let this sun set right now. Because I'm going to let it set in a place in your life where I can talk to you. I know some of you are worried about what happens in the darkness. But don't you be mistaken. Sometimes the sunsets are ordained. If God doesn't let the sun set, you'll just keep on running. If God doesn't let, sometimes he's got to find a way to stop you in your tracks and say, lay down right here and let me pour something into you. Sometimes you've got to stop at the sunset and be healed. So you have to understand. That if Jacob doesn't respond to the shaking and wake up from the dream, then he misses the moment. I think it was Brother Stephen that was saying the other day that he hears me say that and pray that a lot. God, I don't want to miss you. Because I believe that much in seasons and windows. I believe, I'm telling you, I believe that. I believe that right now in this room for this Sunday morning service, there's an opportunity right now that you'll never get again. We can never recreate this moment. This will never be duplicated. You may feel a similar presence. You may hear a similar word. But you can never duplicate this moment right here. Where the Lord is standing before you through his servant and this vessel today. And saying to you, the devil doesn't have to get the word. If you want to receive the word, then get the soil ready and receive the word. And don't give the enemy access to the word. So this is the parable he said, the ones that are by the way, they hear it. And then the enemy comes and steals it. Folks, listen to the heart of your pastor this morning when I tell you. That there are going to be people who are lost and die and go to hell that have heard it. I I, I mean, I I understand. We're trying to get it in every nation. We've got right now about seven nations of the world that we don't have somebody in preaching apostolic truth. Approximately. But we're worried and I thank God for it. We're going to keep giving like we've never given. I want them to hear it all around the world. But Jesus wasn't talking about the man in another country that didn't have the opportunity to hear it. He said, I'm talking about the ones that heard it. I'm talking about the ones that got up on Sunday morning, put their pretty little dress shoes on, and went to the house of the Lord, and they heard every word that was said, but they didn't receive it. I know this probably sounds elementary and juvenile to some of you. But Jesus said right here, he said, just because you have ears don't mean you hear it. And just because you've got eyes don't mean you see it. Church family, listen to me. Not everybody's going to understand why you're so sold out. Not everybody in your world is going to understand why you love him the way that you love him. 
but you cannot let their opinion of your love for your creator, you cannot let it keep you from loving God because they don't get it. They don't understand. If they could have seen you before he found you, if they were... If only they knew what your life was like before he picked you up and turned you around and established your going. That's why I love him. Now, I've got to hurry this morning. I told you I'm not going to preach long. He said, then those that are on the rock in verse 13. This this hurts, man. This one this one's, hard. this one's hard on the heart of a pastor. I'm going to be honest with you. This one right here, is, this one's tough. They on the rock are the ones that hear it and they receive it with joy. But they have no roots. Can I break it down Gerber style for you? This is what this means. Pastor... You're my favorite preacher. Pastor, I love to hear you preach. But everything you're saying just makes me happy. But I'm not going to let my roots get any deeper. I like what I feel when you preach. I like how it feels in the house. But I'm just not ready for that kind of a commitment. It's that voice that says, you know what? I believe in what those people are doing over there. I honor those people for living. I do. I honor those people. If I were, I've heard this so many times. If I were going to go to church, I'd go to yours. I wish I had a dollar for every time I've heard it. When I get things right, I'm going to come to your church. I had a girl this morning. I'm telling on myself. I was, I, was, I was bad this morning. I went and got a bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit at drive-thru. But I woke up an hour early, you know. I went and got a bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit. It's like a moment on the hips, ellipse and eternity on the hips. It's just the way it is. And this girl at the drive-thru, I pulled up and she goes, uh, Excuse me, sir. Do you, do you guys go to church? I said, Yes, ma'am, we do. She said, where do you go? And I reached up and I grabbed my little card. That's what those are for out there by the door. It's good seed. As you pass out the door today, you're going to see on your right. No, I'm just... I reached in and I grabbed one of my cards. I said, yes, ma'am. I passed her. I said, this is, it's got a picture on it. She said, oh, I've seen that church. I've seen that. I said, yes, ma'am, that's us. I pastor the First Pentecostal Church. She said, you know what? I've been looking for a church. There's a lot of people. Listen to what I'm telling you. There's a lot of people that will want to follow from a webcast. They don't mind clicking the like button and they don't mind double tapping on Instagram. Oh, I like that church. But Jesus said these people heard it and it made them happy. But they refused to get any roots. And he wasn't done. Sister Carol, this one eats me alive. 
He said, and for a while, they believe. Uh, look, I don't even have to preach this. I'm telling you. They, they, for a while, they believe. But when the wind starts blowing and temptation comes along, they say, "Woo! I love that preaching, but I sure love this world. I love that preaching, but I sure love this overtime. I love that preaching, but I sure love that woman that I know I shouldn't be with. I love, I love preaching, but I sure love this bottle. Come on, I didn't come here to testify this morning. I came to preach. <laughs> I'm here to preach so you can hear the word and receive the word and believe the word for a while. But you're going to really know when temptation comes how deep the roots go. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. And I'm only one minute past where normally you'd be screaming about your, your pot roast, you know. That which fell among thorns, 14, are they which when they have heard. Oh, this is tough right here. They leave full of the word. But they get choked up with the cares. Oh. I'll be honest, I'd settle for a good old Baptist nod right now. I just, a simple amen. This is tough preaching. And I'm glad Jesus preached it and I'm just quoting it. He said, because they're full of the word. But they are so in love with riches. And they are so in love with pleasure. That when I come and inspect the vine, I know the seed wasn't bad because it's always good. But there's no fruit. There's nothing. There's nothing. In other words, you would have never even known they had been invested in. Because they love pleasure so much. Brothers and sisters, it is not the enemy that's going to ultimately steal the word out of your life. It is going to be pleasure. And a love for this world. He said they heard it. They received it. But it got choked out. He said, but in verse 15, he said, but that on good ground. You want to know a deadly combination? Good seed and good ground. It's absolutely, it is devastating to the enemy's plans for your life. Because the seed is always good. But brother, when you get that soil ready. When you get that heart ready. 
and you don't have walls built up and you're not in love with this present world and you're not offended by the word you just get that soul ready when the good seed comes forth then the good seed falls in good soil the Lord said that right there are people that have an honest heart and they have a good heart and they've heard the word and they keep the word and they bring forth fruit I'm saying this in closing today. He didn't say the good soil are the loudest clappers. He didn't say that the good soil was the loudest screamers and the, the biggest dancers and aisle runners. He said, you know that it's good soil when they hear it and they hold on to it. When they hear it and they keep it. When they hear it and they put it in their heart. When they hear it and say, you know what? That word may have been against my flesh a little bit, but I'm going to let the word of God take deep root in me. I refuse to be dry soil. I am going to be good soil because the seed is all always good let's stand together this morning the seed (laughs) man I feel the Holy Ghost in here right now the seed is always good So I have to ask you the question today. How's your heart? Because the seed's good. I can think of some folks that can preach better than I can preach, but the seed's still good. The seed's good in a youth service with a young preacher that's just getting started. Come on, it's good. It's always good seed. It's always good seed. But how's your heart? How's your spirit this morning? When the word of God comes to you in this house on Sunday morning and you feel that dig in your soul just a little bit. Oh, maybe I do love some things a little bit more than I should. And you got one or two choices right then. You can say, I'm not receiving that. Or you can say, God, clean it out of me right now. And prepare the soul of my heart. Because the seed is always. It's always good. When the soil is right, you don't have to give an altar call. Because the seed is sown and somebody says, oh God, let it grow in me. If you're in this house today and you want the soil that will receive the word of God. I'm just asking you to step out by faith this morning and say, God, I receive the good seed of the word of God in my heart and my mind. I don't care what the enemy tries to steal. He can't steal it from good seed, from good soil. Because it's good seed. Come on, if you want to receive the good seed of the word of God today, would you receive it right now? I've been reaching for you this last 30 minutes. I've been trying to get this in somebody's heart for the last few minutes. You're not strange because the word feels strong. But when when the soul is ready to receive it, it's amazing what God can do in your life. You are a deadly combination to the devil in the kingdom of darkness. When you prepare that good soil for the good seed of the word, would you receive it right now? God, I want to live for you. God, I want to live for you. I'm tired of this old world. I'm tired of this old world. I want to live for you, God. Whatever it costs, I'll receive it.